0: Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. This week I chatted to Sinead Curry. I found Sinead through her beautiful content on TikTok and here we are chatting on the podcast. We chatted about her acting journey from Australia to Vancouver, coming out as queer and a lovely conversation about queer representations in film and TV. So grab a coffee and enjoy. Um, Thanks for coming on. Welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's delightful to be
0: here. This is gonna be fun. Um, I, let's just start with you introducing yourself to everyone. Like, who are you?
1: Who are you? Great question. To be completely honest, 2020 (laughs) made me forget I even have a career because it's just been a kind of squiggly year and I am one of the lucky ones. I am healthy. I I get to see my friends and family as a result of this worldwide situation. So honestly, My life within context, especially in comparison to other people's journeys, is better than ever. Yeah. Um, so, up till the pandemic, I was doing incredibly well. So, I am Sinead Curry. I am an Australian and half Irish actor Amazing. and voice artist. I've been seen on shows like um, I Zombie, Deep Legends of Tomorrow and I filmed those when I was living in Vancouver for two and a half years, all the way up to when COVID hit during uh, March is when I came home. Australia has a very healthy film industry, especially for um, horror and thriller-related content and then also Australian comedy or kids' content, animations, for example. Yeah. So we have a thriving film industry of our own. But I encountered some stumbling blocks along my journey within Australia. And that's why yeah. I ended up going to Vancouver. And when I got there the first week, I thought, oh man, maybe maybe I've made the right choice. I'm not yeah. so sure And I sat with a friend of mine, um, David Shepherd, who is the film commissioner of Vancouver. We're not Amazing. friends, but at that point, I just hounded him into having a coffee with me. <laughs> You're like, hello? Um, yeah, exactly. Hi, David, I'm Sinead and I'm new in town. He was such a gentleman and accommodated yeah. my every request, coffee wise. And he sat me down and he said, well, you might be in the right place. There are 50 TV shows in production here this week. And I thought, oh, I think that might be more than my country makes in an entire year. It's true. So cool. I think I've made the right choice. And that week, the first audition I had, I booked the show.
0: Oh my God,
1: yeah, it was congrats. Amazing. Thank you. That's
0: insane. It,
1: I know it was very, very lucky and I thought, Oh, it just felt like a reward, having taken a gamble on myself to go to another country and work. Um, the reason that I did that is for about four years prior, I was very fortunate as an actor to become established in the voice community quite young, Yeah. Um, young within voiceover um, spheres for a female voice is maybe 30 or 35 years old. And so I started when I was 24. Yeah. Right. And I was also very fortunate to book a lot of TV commercial content in Australia. And I kept getting close to yeah. the stuff that I'd really love to do, like TV. And then being told I didn't quite look Australian enough. So, I mean, that's kind of contradictory in itself because Australia is such a beautifully yeah. multicultural place if we were being politically correct we could mention that really looking australian should be looking australian indigenous we have an amazing population; they're the traditional custodians of this land the rest of us are just lucky to be here though the allusion to what was australian and what wasn't in terms of looking australian appeared to be that um the faces on tv were often quite round their skin was quite tanned, mm-hmm. they had blonde hair, blue eyes, and they were very athletic, but also quite womanly. And in comparison, I look very European. I have very white skin, super dark hair, big alien size green eyes. I'm very athletic, but I'm not all that womanly in my physique. <laughs> You're like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Some Australian casting directors were yeah. giving me beautiful feedback like oh wow you just missed out on or wow you were really close to oh we loved having you in the short list or you were the producer's favorite but I still wasn't being booked just because yeah. of how I looked. Yeah. and so I saw there were two options well three really the first one was I could give up being an actor second one was I could change the way I look fairly drastically and I've known people to do that with some success yeah or I could take a plunge and go somewhere different for a little while where it appeared um, female actors were offered different opportunities based on the stories that were being told. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at my options. I tried to get a visa for the US twice and each time my lawyer and I were ready to submit the application criteria changed and so I almost had it and then I almost had it again and then I realized look it's not working. I could go to Britain or I could go to Canada both of those places are aligned with Australia because we're part of the Commonwealth. So I chose Vancouver because I noticed that LA content, like American content, plus some Canadian content and British content we're using yeah. Vancouver specifically as a location. I didn't know why. I didn't Google the place before I went. I didn't have anything really lined up. I didn't have any friends there or family. Yeah. I had an agent, thank goodness I had an agent who was incredible to me, um, Jen Androsco at Kew, who was with me for two years on that journey. I'm now repped by uh, Snagina Stoilova at Illyria. And so I had that partnership. That was it. I got there and I stayed in a terrible Airbnb <sighs> in the middle of a very unfriendly part of Surrey
0: Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) And it was kind of a baptism of fire, but I booked that job. So I decided to stay for a while. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. It was really nice to have booked that tiny one-liner on iZombie because the people I worked with, um, we ended up collaborating again on a wonderful comedy pilot called Tiffin Falls. If I hadn't been on there, I wouldn't have met Brian Cook. I wouldn't have worked with a lovely camera crew who kept popping up on different film sets I was on. So it was a real blessing. I felt quite guided at that moment. Like, maybe I'll be okay if I stay in Vancouver for a while. I'm not saying that it was an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, To begin again from scratch, that was fairly confronting. Not sure what I expected, but it wasn't the challenge. And so in incurring that challenge, I... I got to learn a lot about myself and why I do what I do. Yeah. Passionate I am. And booking that initial job was confirmation that I can do my job, that I am actually great at my job. Yeah. And for a while in Australia, I'd been doubting that because I'd been getting so close and they're not booking. Yeah. But it's been fascinating
0: to come back to Australia because once again that's happening (laughs) yeah well yeah I was just gonna say it's so fascinating because I had a similar experience to you um in that when I was in Australia I yeah I had an agent I didn't really go out often (laughs) if not at all um as you do and I went out it was actually for like it was like an independent short film and so like my background so my my dad is white Australian and my mom's Polynesian. So I am half, but I don't look it. I have the complexion of snow white. So love that for me. (laughs) Um, but I was told I went out for a role and they were looking for my mix and I was like, great. Okay, cool. And I submitted and they literally said to me, um, yeah, thank you. You're great. You're just not, um, you just don't look you're not what did they say they were like you're not um a woman of color in terms of mainstream entertainment right and then i was like okay and then i was also told by another casting director around the same time that i didn't look white enough or ethnic enough for the australian industry so i totally feel you girl
1: <laughs> okay so for everyone listening to this podcast my reactions during that uh were to face palm. yes it's kind of agape like the silent scream the van gogh like oh <gasps> Very wide mouthed, and just to shake my head because so yeah. many of the most lovely, talented people in my life have the same story as us. We're and it's crazy. I'm,
0: yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, you're literally told you're not, like, I was told I was not wide enough. I was like, I'm having an identity crisis now.
1: Me too. I was told yeah. I was too white and to start fake tanning. Like, there's no way to win. And when I worked, yeah briefly um, for citizen jane casting in sydney yeah i noticed that every actor who came in nailed the audition it had nothing to do with their talent not one person dropped a line everyone was fantastic i was casting assist so i was reading opposite them yeah everyone nailed it and it gave me perspective that within the acting sphere i guess within all creative pursuits where like modeling Um, being a host within the entertainment sphere as well, we are judged on arbitrary stuff like our looks. 100%. Sometimes people would be cast because, oh, they had nicer teeth or they reminded so-and-so of their goddaughter or the producer really liked his hair. And I started to really despair because I love telling stories and I just want to tell stories. And uh-huh. I know a bunch of people, just like you and me, who want to do just that. Literally. <laughs> we can always do it. Yeah, because of these strange external factors. We're yeah. too something, too skinny, too large, too womanly, not womanly enough. I've been told everything. Recently yeah. I was told I was too pretty by the show. And then mm-hmm. I was told I was not pretty enough for a different role by the same show.
0: <laughs> You're like then what am I?
1: <laughs> a human. Yeah. What I am is I'm in therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm taking good care of myself and I'm repeating healthy affirmations every day because yeah. I think this industry can be brutal to those whose self-esteem is pinned on external validation. 100%. And I'm, I'm talking about that from a perspective of I used to be that person. It was brutal.
0: Yeah, now me I both, girl.
1: I, thank you. Finally, I have a healthy sense of self-worth irrespective of any external circumstance connected to my career or my friends or family or my neighborhood or my community, I just know that I have inherent worth and that doesn't leave me regardless of what I book or I don't. And that also means that my journey is now a little freer. If I decide one day I'd like to tell a story in a different way, yeah, I, I can. Um, That's if so beautiful. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. I'm a human with 10 fingers and 10 toes who survived the birth canal. <laughs> and I deserve love and respect and opportunities just like anyone else.
0: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. It's um, which, yeah, it, that's why I want to ask you because, you know, as someone, if you, you've had a similar experience, you've had the, <laughs> you're just like, don't fit in the Australian market, which again, what does that even mean? So then you've come overseas, smashing it, smashing life. And now you've come back to that Australian industry that I guess rejected you for the most part. How has that been navigating that for you? Has it been different now that you're this like change? You're like, look at me. And then you have this new perspective. Like what's that been like?
1: I think that's a really fantastic question. Yeah. So the Australian industry didn't quite reject me beforehand because I booked a lot of commercial work. But in terms mm. of the rest of my range, they didn't know where to place me. And now I've gone away. Mm-hmm. had some success, which I am so grateful for. And believe me, when I tell you, there were lots of weeks without any success. Yeah. When they were just tricky I worked in backup yeah. jobs. I to come back to Australia. <laughs> now is this um, product, essentially, that my agents can market. So me yeah. and my skill set, that's how I view it. I'm a product that they can... Um, Pitch out to companies who may need me. I have received a lot warmer welcomes from casting agents and casting directors based on the work I've done in Vancouver.
0: Yeah.
1: So I am still experiencing precisely what I experienced six years ago, which is, and my agents have even sat me down to speak about it. I go for a job, I get a call back. I get put on the shortlist and put on hold. So for everyone listening, that means you're in the top two. It's either you or the other girl
0: yeah,
1: for a role. And then I'm released because the other girl looks more Australian. And it's still... Wow! Happens. Yeah, it's really fascinating that I'm, I'm getting really close, though it's kind of nice to re-experience this again because I can see how close I'm getting.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
1: know that I'm really good at my job.
0: That's a plus uh,
1: yeah before i didn't know i i thought maybe ah crumbs i must have stuffed it up somehow yeah. no none of us actors are great none of us stuff up really unless you really 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 drop a line yeah. during an audition we're incredible so yeah. it's really interesting i feel like maybe Maybe the universe just has some really great big job that's coming for me.
0: <laughs> I always say that. That's like what gets me through. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> the universe has got something. I'm just waiting yeah. for it, which is a beautiful way, I think, to. It helps me <laughs> oh, yeah. in my little world. I'm like, the universe has got it. It's just that wasn't the one. Bigger one yeah. coming.
1: For <laughs> sure. It's just timing. And yeah. the right, it will hit at the right time. Yeah. I- job on Nancy Drew the week I gave up on acting I had been wow yeah in Vancouver at uh Save On Meats oh <laughs> yes is, maybe <laughs> an establishment that is Save On Meats the best burgers I've ever had were from there um and I was just really really tired to my bones of auditioning
0: yeah
1: not being rejected just auditioning again and again and knowing that I was doing my best Mm -hmm. feeling like I could hold my head high walking out of the room knowing I'd won the room which was always my aim um, to at least be memorable for the right reasons to casting directors yeah but I was bone tired and I had been working also as a publicist for Martini Film Studios Mm -hmm. in Langley I loved working for them, and so I just started looking at, like, maybe I'll become a lawyer. Maybe I'll do a master's. I don't know. Acting's not going to work out. Oh, well. I have this one last audition, and I have a really nice dress that I want to wear to it, so I guess I'll go.
0: And then I got the role. (laughs) that's like literally every dream actor's story like that's just like and i i do you know that's so funny because i say that to everyone i was like everyone has that story where they literally give up and i'm like do i i'm like do i have to be like universe i'm giving up now uh, <laughs> yes, you, do. you absolutely do something beautiful happens when you give up you yeah. realize
1: that it's not your place in life to struggle and to push yeah. And then if something's gonna happen, it's just gonna happen, whether or not we will it to. And so in giving up, I guess I kind of took back some power and also yeah. gave myself a break. Creatives can be really hard on ourselves. Oh my god. And then I booked the job. And suddenly I had months of work with a beautiful casting crew. And yeah. I was show uh, in a recurring part, which is what I'd always wanted. And the moment I stopped trying or giving a shit, the moment I stopped trying to force yeah. everything to happen, it just happened beautifully. It's beautiful. It's like that quote, What you seek is seeking you. It's true. That's true. Yeah, but when we're like fussing and striving constantly, pushing it up a hill, yeah. it, it can't get to us necessarily. Energetic. Now I'm I'm getting into the big (laughs) territory.
0: Like, spiritually. Um, No, it's so. (laughs) Moving on. No, it's so beautiful. I agree. I think everyone, I mean, um, I often find, I, I know when I first moved here, I was in the mindset of like always thinking about when's my next audition? I'm not auditioning. Oh, that friend's auditioning. Why am I not auditioning? And then there was a moment here where I started, you know, focusing on my own little work and doing things that filled my soul. And then once I started doing that, like one week I had like four auditions come in when I wasn't thinking about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's so, it's crazy when it happens. Cause you're kind of like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Every time.
1: Every single time you book a holiday and you're not thinking about booking acting work. You'll book acting work. Whenever yeah. you're preparing for Christmas, doing your Christmas shopping, you'll get three you voiceover get- requests the moment you stop desperately grabbing. Yes. All the opportunities come to you, and they're most likely better than your wildest dreams ever could have predicted. We don't exactly. know what's in our best interests. We don't know what. Um, <laughs> to get deep again for a second. We don't know what our destiny has in store for us. If it was up to us, we don't no. be like Millionaire superstars. <laughs> it's not up to us. We have a journey for a reason. And
0: I am yeah. who I am because of my exact journey.
1: Thank goodness.
0: Oh, yeah. I think everyone's journey is beautiful. And everyone has their own path. You know, you can't compare yourself, especially well, in any industry, to be honest. Like everyone's path is different. And that's something that I learned definitely the hard way. And I am sure you can relate, you know because you're so caught up with everyone else. But when you just focus on yourself and you do you and you're like, this is who I am, things start to happen and people come into your life as well that you're like, oh, because they can spiritually sense your energy. <laughs> yeah, they, they can. And, and we're making fun of the language we're using, but this crap works. Oh, no, it works, I know. Oh, I do it all the time. I'm like, I have crystals like up on my
1: <laughs> ledge. Good,
0: yes. good. Yeah, yeah.
1: I pray every day. Did I used to do that? No, <laughs> not before I got sober. No, I actually sucked at praying. I meditate. Yeah. I, pray, I say affirmations. I do yoga. I, when I'll show you every single day, I read a nice book that makes me feel happy. That's nothing yeah. to do with an actor. I care for my plants. It, I don't know how, but when we shift energetically, mm-hmm. um, when our hearts are a little happier, good things
0: happen. Oh, Yes. Amen. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yes, girl. Amen. (laughs) Preach it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So actually on that note, uh, you found me on TikTok. Yes. For your interview, I promise. No. Oh my God. And my TikTok right now, because the algorithm is so good. I get one third really attractive lesbians. (laughs) I get another third, um, finance and like actors talking about their own oh. personal finance and then i get the final third which is esoteric personal development spirituality content i have the best content ever and i love that everyone's tiktok experience
0: is vastly different because the algorithm oh, yeah. is yeah no I agree um this is so perfect because we're going to get into it uh because yes obviously that's how I found you (laughs) yeah yeah I still don't know how that happened because I'm very new to tiktok (laughs) well well, (laughs) yeah exactly how did two humans connect like this and here we are um no I You, page yes yeah no way (laughs) You're so (laughs) shocked by that. You're like,
1: (laughs) I'm a child with TikTok. I'm a child on all social media. This is the best.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my feed is, it's so funny. So my TikTok journey, like I don't post as much. I did used to, and then the algorithm is so crazy. I can't figure it out. And I was like, I don't know. But obviously I like a lot of stuff and the algorithm (laughs) was first. So I basically came out this year to like, you know, yay, exciting. Um, What a journey! What a journey!
1: I also came out in Vancouver.
0: Oh my god, there's something
1: <laughs> Australia. <laughs> <Honestly. laughs> Australia's closets are full, it is a scary place to go out. <laughs> oh
0: my god, they're like, No, not happening! Yeah, so I'm glad I came out here.
1: <laughs> I'm very glad for you, also.
0: Um, And so, but it's so funny because my feed for the longest time was like, it was almost TikTok also made me realize that journey for myself because it was just like all these videos were coming up and I was like, and then there were people having similar experiences about their sexuality when they were younger. Like a big thing for me was that I would rewatch like, um, like Linda Codinelli and Scooby-Doo. That was Mm. like my sexual awakening. Like I would, I remember as a kid being like, oh my God, like, and I would watch, um, like actresses in movies thinking that I just admired and wanted to be them as an actor, which I did. But also I would be thinking, I really want to be the man in that movie. And I want to have a life with that actress Mm -hmm. and, you know, growing up (laughs) my journey, like, you know, I was like kissing guys and girls and I was like, you know, I was just like, oh, like, this is just who I am. Like, I, you know, I like who I like. Um, and then, yeah, it wasn't until COVID and TikTok that I went, wait a second, I'm not straight.
1: <laughs> oh, this is such a precious and tender journey. I'm so happy about
0: that. Yes, you. and so you're, I, uh, which video can we okay, up, I think it was, oh my God, I'm gonna have to bring up my TikTok, hold on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did I reach you? Okay, so while you're having a look at yes. TikTok, I only started, I only got TikTok because I was so bored during COVID. Oh my, um, gosh. my mom lives in a beautiful Australian country town and I was the only gay. Like, I didn't see a queer of yeah. any gender for six fucking months. And I was just wow. like, I think I'm on another planet. I don't think these are my people necessarily. I really loved hanging out with my friends, yeah, um, but they happened to all be straight. And so one of my friends, Jess is queer and she said no you need TikTok while you're here you need to be on TikTok while you're in this country town and I was like okay Jess I don't need another social media avenue and honestly I was turned off from social media because my Mm. um my journey as an actor is that I need to be I need to have a public profile but it also Mm -hmm. can't pigeonhole me in any way, so I tend to keep most of my real personal life off of Instagram, because yeah. my friends and family know me exactly as I am. But if I was to be um, all of myself on Instagram specifically, I believe casting would perhaps sometimes look at it and think, oh, no, Sinead's not right for this role at all. Yeah. It's like it needs to be quite bland. So I got TikTok and immediately was like, oh, this is the app I've been waiting for my whole life. This is fantastic. And Trump had just made some comments about the security of TikTok and the data collected by the yeah.
0: app. But I just, oh,
1: yeah. you know, like Google probably already owns all the images in my drive. I'm already on Instagram, so I'm fairly sure someone owns all my data already. <laughs> Maybe I'll just try TikTok. And I got in there and I was like, these lesbians are so attractive. Shut up and take my daughter. I'm just going to be on this app forever.
0: Oh, yes. I have a friend I send because my whole feed is lesbian TikTok, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I will send stuff to my friend. And she was uh shout out to Bailey. She was also part of my coming out, <laughs> which she was just like assumed I was already out to the world when I was still figuring it out. I was giving off a vibe apparently. And she yeah, was like... She I also was, was, I didn't know either. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, wow, that makes sense in school. when I was like, ew, boys it disgusting for like years. <laughs> and like, was not like in a relationship with a guy because I was like, ew, but I'm cool because I don't like guys. I was like, girl, who are you fooling?
1: <laughs> Literally, yeah, mine was like, why is Sinead always the one to start... The completely casual, we're just practicing group makeout at parties. Like, why are all these girls making out? And why is Sinead the instigator? And I genuinely believed I was the straightest person alive. Same. I am not 100% gay, certainly not. I was in a very amazing, loving relationship with a boy for yeah. 10 and a half years. Wow. Oh, I loved that guy. He's the nicest person in the world. Am I also queer? Yep, very. Extremely, And so as a result of me coming out and learning a little more about um, the validity of my fitness as as someone who looks so femme, as someone who's in the arts and entertainment industry, as someone who often has to play straight characters on TV, I realised it's really important for me to be me, my fullest self somewhere on the internet. And so that's what I started to do on TikTok.
0: Wow that's so I love that yeah mine was similar because I started writing um, like and a lot of my work was always coming out about my sexuality because I was like that was a form of you know, therapy, and, like, writing about worlds of, you know, my own experience, and I'd given it to a coach of mine to read over, and it was so funny, because she went, and this was before I, like, publicly, if you want to call it, came out about it, because, you know, I can just keep it to myself. I am who I am, Um, but she was, like, oh, like, you're writing about, like, you know, women, and, like, you know, not being straight, and she was, like, I just want to know for authenticity, like, is this you, or you, you know, which, and I was like, oh, because she was like, I don't know your sexuality and I'm not, you know, imposing. I was like, yeah. And then after that session, a week later, I kind of came out because I was like, it was an authenticity thing because I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not anyone's business, but in this industry, like if I'm going to write about that and want to like champion for it, I have to be open about it and like, you know, be like, I am, <laughs> Hello, but it's so hard even then because it's like well people would view me differently but I'm like I am who I am so yeah. I don't know if you had a similar experience and like right. yeah
1: I definitely thought I was the straightest person alive until I was about 18 and I just oh, I seem to actually be genuinely attracted to girls yeah. and also to boys and also to people in the middle of those two genders somewhere on the gender spectrum yeah. huh I wonder what that means. And I would just notice it, uh, like notice a physiological response, like notice I would check someone out and shut it down because I was quite scared of it. I didn't know what it meant. I thought maybe there was something deeply wrong with me. Yeah. I thought the fact that I wasn't attracted to many men. I've been maybe attracted to five, six guys in my entire life and one of them I happened to date for over a decade. I thought maybe I was asexual. Yeah. Um, turned out, no, I'm just pretty queer and I'm often into um often into I don't have a type I'm pansexual so I don't really notice what people look like Um, I don't notice their physical attributes at all everyone I've been with has been largely pretty different from each other so um I've dated like 80 percent women or trans or non-binary people or people who identify as gender fluid Um, And thank goodness. So when I was in that long relationship, the straight one, I thought, (laughs) I think I can get away with being bi and just not coming out. Hmm." Um, And I had come out to my partner, obviously, he knew. Um, My closest friends knew, but it seemed like I didn't need to tell anyone. And I'm making a point of saying that because (laughs) in Australia, I find it now, even coming back three years later, there is so much biophobia here and wow, there is yeah. a lot of fear of otherness within our culture. We're a relatively young country. Australia, we are oh, doing our best as a society, but we still have some ways to go in terms of human rights and, and basic respect
0: yeah.
1: for people and freedoms for those people too. By that I mean, I experienced biphobia within the straight community but more so I experienced it within the gay community. I was just told that I didn't know how gay I was yet. I was yeah. told that my relationship wasn't valid. I was told that I just hadn't had the right experiences. I was told that I was homophobic and in ways I was. My internalized homophobia was deeply rooted because I didn't want to be the other. I didn't yeah. want to be excluded. And I didn't realize that in other countries, sexuality and sexual identity can be viewed differently. So as soon as I got to Vancouver, I noticed almost everyone in that beautiful place is queer and also treated as valid and regardless of their relationship experience or who they're dating or their connection to themselves they're still treated with respect yeah. from members of the gay community. I found um, the the most closed-minded biphobic hate speech was always coming from within the gay community and I don't mean from other bisexual people I mean um, in my Australian experience from mm specifically from gay men or from lesbian women so people who do have um or have attached themselves to one of those identities that feels really good for them that feels right and pure and that is absolutely who they are i just am somewhere in the middle
0: (laughs) and i didn't know that that was valid too I agree. It's so, yeah, because I came out as bisexual, and that's something, and also, it's so okay to still be discovering and changing and being like, oh, that one doesn't really, that's not, it's like, it's a process, it's a learning curve, um, but I knew at the moment, I was like, bisexual sounds right for me, because I was like, mm, I really like women, and I was like, but men, sometimes, you know, it's fun. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. both of them, yeah, but it's so true, the biphobia, which I found from not my straight friends, but it was people that, you know, yeah, in that community were like, you're just, aren't you, you're being selfish. Like you, or you just you can't choose. You're confused. And I was like, but I, you know, I was like, oh, but I thought I was being welcomed, but I guess not. Um okay. But that's why TikTok is so beautiful, because I found people that were having similar experiences. And I was like, wow, on an app.
1: Yeah, I also found the same
0: sense of, yeah.
1: and I just thought, oh man, I'm not alone. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, it's not just me.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, it's not just me, oh my goodness. Yeah, I've also been told, like, I'm selfish, it's a phase. Yeah, I'm oh, happy. yeah. Back to men. Um, uh, what else? Gosh, you don't know how much of a lesbian you are, you don't like, and I've just been like, but surely it's okay to be this other option. Yeah, I am pansexual. That includes being bisexual. I'm genuinely attracted to people all across the gender spectrum. So why would I just, I don't have to pick one. I get it. I understand it's easy for society when we do adhere to a a label that's a little more common
0: because then they know where to put us,
1: right? But that's not good enough for me. That's
0: not authentic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It always comes back to authenticity and like what, feels right for you and that's okay to be discovering that is the biggest thing i've learned this year um i need let me quit we're gonna circle back because i'm gonna log into my TikTok. um okay,
1: yeah. i feel like the video that popped up on your feed was probably the one where <laughs> i am talking as if someone's just told me they've never been with a girl before that's oh my
0: a- god i think that's the one <laughs>
1: yeah that video went really well um and i made it because two or three of my hottest friends like my friends are absolute peaches they are just delectable specimens of humanity but three of my modest friends were told that they told me that they had these horrific biphobic experiences and I just thought I'm gonna make a video that's the opposite of those reactions because this seems to be a thing um and so they had told people for example on an app But they'd matched with, oh, I've never been with a girl before. And they'd just been shut down immediately. Oh, okay. In that case, it's a no from me. Or they linked them to their Instagram because so many of our dating profiles are linked to Instagram. Someone had seen a photo of them with a guy, not necessarily a husband, a boyfriend, a lover with a boy. Yeah. And said, oh, I can tell that you've been with men. It's a no from me. Um, Another girl, she's so gorgeous, oh my goodness. Uh, At a party far out, she was flirting with a gorgeous queer. The queer picked up her hand, checked out her fingernails, saw that they were, you know, slightly long and manicured beautifully, might I add, and said, oh, no, I can tell you're not actually gay, sorry. And Bridget was just taken aback. And this girl, I cannot emphasize enough, is like a sexy Bridget Bradeau crossed with Adele. (laughs) She's the most adorable person you've ever seen. And even that girl is getting this stuff. I just found it completely revolting. Wow. Yeah, it's, and like the idea of being with, (laughs) I, I find the scarcity of it really astounding. If someone says, oh, I've never been with a girl before and I'm currently dating someone and that's their experience. I welcome it, I mean they're on a date with me, they're flirting with me, what more confirmation do I need that they would be interested in that experience and regardless of where they go on their journey that's really not my place to worry about my place is just to be a good human being and be kind and respectful to someone and if i embark one day on like a love connection or an intimate connection with them to hold space for that too how terrifying to think you've never been with a girl before so therefore you never can or you can never tell someone honestly like if you can't have a conversation about your sexual experiences uh your preferences maybe your trauma before the act of creating intimacy I don't think you should be having sex with the person or at least I know I shouldn't be having sex yeah. with person. Not how I feel safe and build a really great connection and that includes being able to say whether or not you've been with a specific gender before like isn't it astounding that we don't have those conversations in straight we connections? Don't.
0: no yeah no I agree it's the biggest thing that I remember I was always told because yeah when I was like in my potty phase <laughs> mm. uh, yeah Good times, but you know I would drink, and because of alcohol, would be kissing guys and girls. And you know yeah. I was, you know, it was fun. It was like, ooh, okay, like at Katy Perry, I kissed a girl. Yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. That was also a song that should have called it when I was younger. It's fine. <laughs> All the things. It's like, <laughs> how did they not know? Um, well,
1: I mean, but yeah, the movie Chicago should have called it when I was younger.
0: Oh, I mean, I would. <laughs> i mean continue and every single one of those women um anyway <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> um but no so i oh no sorry you <laughs> yeah yeah so i only have ever um in my experience so far in life is that i've kissed a woman maybe we've touched a little you know I haven't been in a relationship with one or hit that. And so when I came out, there were a few things of people questioning, how could I know that I liked that if I'd never been in a relationship or being intimate with a woman? And I was like, even to like, and I've spoken to a friend of mine about this of being like, I think I'm gen, you know, more into women like than men. And then my beautiful friend said to me, she was like, I don't think you have to have had an experience with a woman to even know that. I think, and I was like, yes. But that's not discussed. No one talks about that.
1: Mm-mm, no one talks about it. No one yeah. you hate people. How do you know you're into the opposite sex? They just know. Yes. A lot of us are born knowing
0: who we're I into. Just, I'm attracted to you. I it's it's I am who I am. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my do we gosh. Love, do we like
1: sunshine or rain. We just do. Yeah. I just
0: And I think, I mean, what's your take on a big thing when I came out and was through something that I'm trying to create in my own work is representations of bisexuality in screen. And because there's also, it's the media and what we see on our screens. It's just like, they're confused. (laughs) They haven't picked the side. Um, It's getting better, for sure. Um, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Rosa Diaz is a beautiful example.
1: I love Rosa
0: Diaz. And just like, you know, I just think in media, it's, I don't know if you feel the same way, but just it being what it is and not being labeled as this character is coming out. They're bisexual. It's just like they are. They kiss a man or they kiss a woman. And it's like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I see representation is
1: improving so much, Mm -hmm. but there is still a way to go. I um, have a bone to pick with some of the first representations of queerness that I was interacting with because those relationships just looked so dysfunctional and traumatic yes so um in watching i thought wow this looks kind of scary like what is this this life seems like it's gonna just be full of heartbreak and to be honest that's also what our parents generation has grown up watching representations of queerness or gayness that are in some way dysfunctional dramatic heartbreaking life-threatening um so no wonder some people of different generations still can, can question who we are and how we know. They mm-hmm. want us to be okay. They fundamentally just want us to be safe, to pay our bills on time, to be proud of ourselves, to hold our heads high. And for a long time, the media has made being gay or being in a, a, a queer relationship look pretty scary and tumultuous. And it doesn't have to be. There's. It's so fascinating that now in 2020, Hallmark is only just releasing yeah. Yeah. a same-sex Christmas film. No wonder we think or we can grow up thinking that bisexuality or pansexuality is invalid. We don't really see any healthy, happy relationships. We certainly have never really seen the they all lived happily ever after scenario from a queer perspective. Sometimes I want to watch a rom-com. I don't always want to watch one about straight people. But there aren't any about queers yet. Still in 2020, yeah. I, if I watch a foreign film, sure. But um, for the English-speaking, speaking, <laughs> <laughs> English-speaking developed countries, our media is pretty straight still, and also pretty white. Um, yeah, the <laughs> homogeneity of what we can see limits our idea of what's possible.
0: Yeah. No, there I are, agree.
1: Yeah, there aren't all that many healthy love stories yet for queers. And like within that, I know that the new L word really tried to diversify in its casting choices. And I appreciated mm-hmm. those storylines. I appreciated the trans character. I appreciated seeing um, relationships spoken about in a realistic way. More so, I really loved the way work in progress yes. delves into sexual conversations, trans rights, human rights um queer experiences from a variety of different community members perspectives i thought the writing in that show oh it just absolutely yeah. they're the conversations that i've had um i wish i could say that all queer media henceforth would be that well mm-hmm. done well executed i'm not sure that i believe it will be yet i think there may still be five or ten years where um entertainment and media are figuring out just what it means to be queer or gay or in any kind of alternative relationship style even to be polyamorous it's not always about you know having sister wives (laughs) (laughs) some people are just non-monogamous by choice and it's yeah ethical and it works for them i guess i believe the pandemic will bring about some really healthy reforms and it's also brought about some healthy reforms within our cultural identities, yes. within our perspectives. We're really lucky that now as a result of being the lucky ones, of surviving this time, yeah. we get to move forward perhaps with a more considered approach to what we're creating
0: and what stories we're telling and why. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's so true. I mean, the other day I was watching, uh, I don't know if you've seen the film, *Holiday* with um, Emma Roberts and... <laughs> no, but I, it's on my to-watch list. I
1: love Christmas films, so obviously I'm going to watch
0: that. Duh, that's why I watched it. <laughs> like, of course. <laughs> um, and it's a beaut, it's a cute little quaint little film Easy, as a Christmas film is jolly. But it's just interesting to, if you think about this when you watch it, but I had this thought and with most straight couple films that I watch, I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if they were two women? that were the same storyline, or two men, or any, just a queer, I was like, that could be really beautiful and interesting as an audience to watch.
1: You know what's fabulous? You mentioned earlier the idea that a story about someone coming out doesn't actually have to be about them coming out. They can just be queer or gay in a film, in a storyline. Like that's not groundbreaking. Some
0: of us are just (laughs) walking
1: around as gay or queer. (laughs) But living our lives as taxpayers, also having full and beautiful lives. Um, so on that note, yeah. I love shows that don't make any, uh, song and dance about a character being queer. They may have an episode where someone comes out, but that's not the that's character's fine. entire arc no. for those of us who are in the queer community. That's not all of who we are. Um, I really loved
0: the sitcom one day at a time for that. Did you watch it? I, it is on my list oh, and everyone is like, watch it.
1: It's on Netflix. It dealt with some really beautiful human yeah. issues, not just queer rights or trans rights, or um, they had a great attitude to their non-binary character. They talked about intergenerational living, the experience yeah. of war veterans, just the American family identity and how it's changing. But I really loved that one of the characters was gay and there was it, that's just who they were. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it was a sitcom, it was feel good, it was heartfelt, wow. it was all about this poor girl coming out again and again, no, not at all, like she got to be an entire human being.
0: Yeah, we need more of that, have you seen Dead to Me?
1: No, <gasps> I've seen the first episode, so I've just begun.
0: Oh my god, it won't spoil, no, it won't spoil anything, but there is a character in that show where she does have a relationship with a man, and then in the series has a relationship with a woman. Oh, wow. And nothing is... I think I made a TikTok about it because I was so passionate about it when it happened. But I was like, this this character was married to a man, and then all of a sudden in the series she just happens to like this woman who, you know, is like, I like you. And she's like, I like you. They have this beautiful relationship. And her, and the best friend in the show one night just, like, looks at her and says, you're really happy. Like, you like her. And she's like, I do. But there's nothing about, oh, I, I think I'm into women. It just happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, because it does just happen. Yeah, absolutely it does. Like,
1: and- we're all born to experience human existence why would that be a strange part of human existence it's just a different type of sexual experience maybe to the yeah. norm but yeah, yeah it's, it's still good it's so healthy and it's lovely st-
0: <laughs> we've got a long way to go but i believe that yeah. it's gonna
1: happen me too i think there will be lots of gay rom-coms for us to watch one day
0: one day and we'll be in one <laughs> <laughs> we can write it exactly at this point I'm like I think I just have to write it for you all don't I <laughs> Like,
1: my best friend and I have a running joke about that like I'll be watching a rom-com and I'll text her and be like Ellie write it for god's sake she's a screenwriter she's best oh my else. god and I'm like, I know
0: <laughs> Just like do it <laughs> yes <laughs> it needs to happen okay I would ask you some fun rapid fire questions yes okay. let's, do it. Rapid let's rapid do it let's do it okay what is the first thing you noticed about someone when you meet them? Oh.
1: Their energy. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. The second thing I, I really- noticed is how nice their forearms and their hands are. The third thing I noticed is whether or not they put an icon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Zoom is hard sometimes. I'm like very <laughs> hard. I was like, I was like, I could be looking at you or I could not, but you both really who knows? we could be looking at the little picture of ourselves
1: we will never know. Zoom. <laughs>
0: <it>. Cut down. <laughs> um what's the best compliment you've ever received?
1: <gasps> the best compliment I have ever received. Oh my goodness. No pressure. Um you know it's a cute sentimental one it's i feel really safe with you
0: that's really beautiful
1: yeah oh because for so long i was not a healthy person at all and i really needed to work on myself
0: and Mm -hmm. i believe that didn't feel very safe around
1: me because i didn't feel safe with me either yeah so it's nice yeah that that was one i received this week that's the first one i could think of
0: oh it was recent that's beautiful uh (laughs) describe yourself in three words
1: golden retriever puppy (laughs) That's who I am. I have the personality of an adolescent golden retriever, <laughs> which is like fine. Wait, this is the best. Oh, we're eating now. Okay, great. I'm. It's time for sleep. That's who I
0: am. <laughs> I puppy. love that. I love. That's like actually probably the most interesting answer I've had thus far on the podcast. <laughs> and the last question: What is the best thing that's happened to you this month? Where yeah, we're pretty much almost at the end of November, or so.
1: Okay, the best thing actually was
0: today. I
1: have been doing some pretty intense therapy around dysmorphia and around my yeah. attitude to my body. And so um, dysmorphia has never impacted me in the career space. I can compartmentalise it and I, I do the job. It's, yeah. I'm an actor hired to tell a story. But within therapy, I've been learning about um, some of my views of my own body, messages I picked up from society or from family systems. Yeah. And reviewing them to see if I want to take them into the rest of my life and so one of those things I've been doing with my amazing therapist Claudia is um wearing a bikini to the beach and just I think I saw a
0: TikTok about this
1: yeah yeah I shared it because it just people don't talk about dysmorphia especially if you're already kind of known or a presence within the entertainment sphere you can't confess your self-consciousness so I thought I should be vulnerable and share it authentically um and so today I've bought a new bikini and it's the tiniest bikini I have ever owned. And I noticed that there was a whole half an hour where I wasn't self-conscious. I didn't think about what I was wearing. I didn't try to adjust myself at all. I walked and got a coffee. There were lots of people around and I, I just wow. was a person on the planet wearing something and not
0: triggered at all. That was cool. That was great. Oh. oh, that's beautiful. Oh Thanks. my God. Yes. proud of you we just met but proud of you thank
1: you very much i'm proud of me too i'm also proud of you stop keep going
0: (laughs) this has gone well (laughs) this has um you made it to the wow i can't even talk now hello
1: hold on (laughs) let me (laughs) rewind
0: words you made it to the end of the podcast thank you so much for having me this was delightful
1: i can't believe this out of tiktok and i only got tiktok to complain about dating
0: i know and then here you are you've met me so <laughs> I,
1: wild life is a wild wild journey
0: <laughs> i love it thank you for coming on i hope it was fun for you we you had it, it was fun yeah that's all i say to my guests i hope it was good for you
1: <laughs> it was very good for
0: me i feel like i was in excellent company that entire time oh i take that that's the best thing that's happened that's the best compliment i've received today thank you Thanks for listening to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Feel free to follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast and share the love. You're awesome and I hope you have a great day, night, or afternoon wherever you are and I'll see you in the next episode.